We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. And welcome back to No mm-hmm. Other Pod, the first victory pod we've had in quite a long time. Woo! I'm Jimmy, along as always with my good friend Dan. Dan, how you feeling after that game? Woo! Feeling good, man. <laughs> feeling good. The uh, I, I'm great, dude. I, I how are you feeling? Everything, everything good in your hood? Yeah, I'm feeling a lot better that we were able to pull out a win up two men in a game where we already had the lead. Uh, that was almost a disaster. Uh, but, you know, Sporting Kansas City pulled it out in the end. We're going to talk all about that game and the craziness that it was, what it means now for the rest of the, the tournament as far as the group stage goes and how Sporting can advance. Yeah. Um, talk about a, a Tim Melia-less victory. Kind of interesting. Yeah, yeah, I had to pull it out without our starting keeper, Tim Melia. Speaking of whom, Timmy said he would be happy to join us from Orlando when we last talked to him. And of course, y'all knew we were going to try to follow up with him on that. So we reached out to Tim and Tim will be joining us this episode from the bubble. Yeah. Don't, don't put out those offers if you're not serious. You know what I mean? Like we're going to take it. I mean, if he was like, Hey, if you guys want to get together and get a beer sometime, I'm no longer sober. I'm drinking again, bro. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's no, in um, all seriousness. It's real cool of him to 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 take the time. I'm I'm sure he's super busy down there, uh, <laughs> not being yeah. able to do jack shit. <laughs> yeah. Although, if you follow uh, Daniel Shallowy's video blogs, you ah. know they got all sorts that? of. I've watched some of it. Yeah, they got you know teams lounging by the pool. They're playing volleyball in the pool. They got you know That's all dangerous. sorts of stuff you know, going around uh, in the bubble down at the wide world of Disney, uh, wide world of sports, whatever it's called. Uh, but yeah, we'll talk with, with Tim Elia and we put out the invitation. If he wanted to bring teammates along, he's more than welcome to. We don't know yet at the time of this, if he will, but. We could have a surprise Matt Beasler. I don't know. I don't know yeah. what's going to happen. I'm, I'm Maybe only... it's a shirtless Graham Zussi, in which case <laughs> we have to take our shirts off. That's you only know, that's just the way natural. Yes. <laughs> I'm ready. Um, at this point, I'm only counting on Tim coming on, but who knows? By the time you're listening to this, you'll probably know because we will definitely put it in the description. Yeah, last time we had his kid on. I mean, that, that was unexpected. We yeah. don't know what's going to happen with this guy. Yeah, so we're, uh, we're going to talk with him a little bit, and it will be fun. But uh, before we get started, I just want to let you all know, if you have not yet left a five-star rating and review, please go ahead and do that on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to No Other Pod because it helps it. us out helps us get listened to by more people and hey. it makes more sporting fans. And don't forget to hit up added time outfitters to put in your no other pod discount code. They just dropped a new band, bro, for the USWNT. Oh, uh, there you go. And to represent the two goals that were scored in the game that that band represents, the little dot on the band, one has purple hair. Who scored that goal? Megan Rapino. The other dot is a rose. Who scored that one? Rose Lavelle. How sick is that, dude? I was like, this is so cool. This is so fun. Yeah. So go get it. No other pod gets you a discount on uh, addedtimeoutfitters.com. I'm glad I passed your quiz because I did not know you were going to do that. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, oh, shit, Google, Google. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, go, go support Added Time Outfitters with discount code No Other Pod. Go support the U.S. Women's National Team because they're the only national team for the U.S. worth supporting right now, really. Uh, and yeah, 
go check it out. Uh, but let's dive into this game because mm. there's a lot of craziness to talk about here. And uh, Friday Night sure, Lights. We want to make sure we talk about it all before Timmy comes back. So we knew this was going to be tough because we knew it was going to be Richard Sanchez's first start for Sporting KC in goal. Uh, did you, I think last week I said I wasn't confident in any sort of prediction as far as the result goes. Lineup comes out, pretty much what you expect. How are you feeling right before the match started? Do you remember? Uh, right before it started, I mean, lineup's fine, but you're just thinking like, as far as goalkeeper goes, Sporting's not going to hire a trash keeper. No, no, no professional team is going to be like, eh, you'll do, why don't you be on our team? Like, He's a good goalkeeper, so it's it's fine. But then you got the chemistry, dude, because soccer's all about chemistry. And these guys know Tim. They aren't getting as many reps with Sanchez. Yeah. So you're thinking that could be an issue right there. And uh, I don't know. I wouldn't say that it was. I mean, maybe on, on the two goals they scored, it, it might have been an issue with the defenders and the goalkeeper. But it is what it is, man. That game, good thing we didn't make a prediction because that game was on crack. <laughs> what the yeah. F? It was full peak MLS. Holy cow, dude. I was emotional. Okay, so right off the bat, if we're going to start early on the first game here, on the first minute, they score six minutes in. Yeah. Kellen Acosta, top of the box. I'm thinking, okay, it's hard to get down. It's hard not to get down. Try to stay positive. It's a long game. Yeah. But I was having trouble. I was like, here we go. We're just, yeah. you know, count us out. Well, especially the way they scored that first goal. So, like you said, it's in the sixth minute. Um, top of the box. Who doesn't close down the top of the box? Beasley, well, right? Even building up to that, the midfield was not in any sort of cohesive way. Yeah. Uh, Diego Rubio received the ball near midfield, did a nice little turn. Kunchech was way the hell up the field, gets burned. Rubio kicks it out wide. There's no defenders anywhere in the box. And then uh, Kellen Acosta gets it at the top of the box. Yeah, Beasley tries to close down, but it's a little too late at that point, and Acosta just sends it up. Um, near the top left corner, not much Sanchez can do about it. And and my biggest concern, like you said, was the defense wasn't closing down. Sporting KC was pressing high up the field, but it really wasn't doing much to stop Colorado, and the midfield wasn't tracking back fast enough to actually make up for the press. And so there was just, you know, 30, 40 yards of space in the midfield that Colorado was just taking freely. So, yeah, it, it, was, it was a little scary. It was a little rough. It was um, rough. And it stayed that way for pretty much the entire first half. There wasn't a lot of encouragement until about the 57th, 58th minute. And that's when uh, Kyrie Shelton was taken down uh, just outside the top of the box uh, by a Colorado defender. And it was going to be a free kick in a dangerous spot. But then video review gets involved. The VAR signals down to the head ref, hey, take, take another look at this. We're, we're, we, we want you to, to take a look. Wouldn't you know it, it uh, ends up being a straight red card for a denial of an obvious goal-scoring opportunity. Um, Danny Wilson is sent off. Sporting KC is up a man, and even though we're down one goal, suddenly we're feeling, okay, maybe we can get back into this. Feeling better now, up a man? You feel a little better, but it's, uh, you know, it's, it's, what's the score at that moment when we go up a man? 1-0. Yeah, so, yeah, you know we're going to turn on the Jets a little bit, turn on the Turbo Jets and uh, make things happen. But you're a little worried because they're going to – you think they're going to hunker down a little, right? And that always becomes kind of scary. So, but you're feeling better. You're like, oh, shit, red card, man. You want to you play tackle football out here? You're done. Like, yeah. VAR is the best thing in the world when it works in your favor. And when it's against you, you're like, it's trash. It's trash. But yeah. at that moment, I was like <laughs> – well, there was an earlier incident, too, where um, was it Trezeguet, I think, flailed his left arm and just hit, I think it was, I forget who he hit in the face, but he hit a sporting player in the face. Maybe it was Zussi, I don't know. But, like, very clearly just threw a left elbow to the sporting KC player's face. Should have been a straight red card. By the book, it's a red. I asked other people who aren't sporting fans, I said, is this a red for you? They said it's a red. Yeah, so, should have been. Should have been. Yeah, at that point, we were pretty pissed at VAR. Um, I think because the other red already happened. So they were, he was kind of like, oh, can, can I go to VAR and do a second red? Uh. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, for something like that, that should be a red. Um, yeah. So 
Then we get to uh, the 65th minute. Sporting KC are up a man, but they're still down 1-0. They're threatening in and around the box. Luis Martins sends the ball across the face of goal. Gadikinda gets it, sends it back across the face of goal to the left side. And Kyrie Shelton, man, he is in some kind of form because he's a big physical player. He finds some space, gets around uh, Abubakar, however you say his last name. And then uh, left foot just volleys it straight up into the top corner of the net at a ridiculous angle. Suddenly it's 1-1. You want to know how confident he was? The, where, where he was in that angle, most players are going to keep an eye on the ball to make sure it goes in as they're falling down. He hits it, falls down, and just runs away. Like He knew mm-hmm. something in his mind when he struck that ball. He knew it was going back of the net. That's yeah. phenomenal, dude. The confidence he has right now is, is what most strikers or wingers – could only hope for. Yeah, and if you add, they put up a quote of his because he was asked about it this? after the game. Look at this. What? <laughs> Tam's showing me a picture of uh, yeah. him and his wife and Timelia. Yeah. I'm going to show Tim. I'm going to be like, hey, remember that? Remember when we hung out? And then it's going to be awkward <laughs> and he's going to be like, oh, I'm never coming on the spot ever again. <laughs> uh, but when they asked Kyrie about the goal after the game, and he said, I definitely saw the angle. I was able to compose myself and put it away. It was either put it in the back of the net or back across goal. My aim was the back of the net, but sometimes it will skip off and go back across goal, but I was able to put it away. So, yes. He's so humble too, dude. I can't read, I can't read like the transcript of his interviews because I'm just like, stop. Just stop being humble and take the praise, man. Just take it. Right. So he's right where like, yeah, he was going to, the way he hit it, it was either going to go in or go back across the net. But, but even still, most of the time, most, when most players try that, it, go, it might go back across net, but it like skies, like way, you know, behind the back of the net, like out of bounds, wherever. I think a lot of players, rather than try to take that shot, what they do is they try to like redirect it back toward the penalty spot and just hope that they get a, a deflection. But mm-hmm. no, he's just confident right now, put that thing away and, I mean, yeah, he's how got does that happen? I, I, I just start to think about angles and geometry. I'm just like, the chance of making that shot is almost equal to the same shot he made against Minnesota. Yeah. Like that yeah. narrow gap. It's like, dude, there's no room for error, and it doesn't matter because you don't have any error. So, right. Cool. Left foot off the volley. Uh, he's got three goals in four games so far in 2020. If he makes, if he scores on Wednesday, dude. It's uh, he joins some pretty good company with the likes of Dom Dwyer, and and that's the only one I can remember right now <laughs> that have scored three goal three games in a row. And if Sporting KC are able to continue to advance in the tournament, and Kyrie keeps playing as he is, he's going to be up for man of the tournament at this rate. That's interesting. Yeah, considering it's a tournament we kind of didn't give a crap about. <laughs> yeah. So you know it'll be interesting to see. Uh, but 1-1, then a few minutes later, this was a controversial event that happened. Uh, Luis Martins sends a ball into the box. Uh, the Colorado keeper pushes it away. Uh, Zussi tries to send a ball back across goal. It goes out of bounds, but then the ref signals for a video review. He goes to look at video review, and I'm trying to figure out what in the heck are they reviewing because I didn't see any potential foul. And what they review is, did Diego Rubio touch the ball in the box for a handball? And I don't know about you, but I'm watching this replay, and I've watched it over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. And I know people see, they see phantom things that happen. I have not seen any conclusive angle that shows me that that's a handball. I saw one angle, and it looked like the ball clearly hits his fingers and, and like ricochets. But at the Maybe. same time, that hand was close to his body. And I'm like, if it hits you, that's just like hitting your chest because your hand is right here you know what i mean that's why people put an arm on their chest and an arm on their junk when they jump in front of a free kick or something because if it hits one of them it's not a handball so i'm interested because rubio said i I know you could hear him he turns to the ref and he goes how do you want me to jump like that i jumped what what do you mean how do you want me to do it yeah i just i thought it looked more like it maybe hit his foot than his hand i just i never saw from the angles they were showing on tv and i'm watching it on on the highlight right now I just if if the roles are reversed and and that happens against Sporting and they give that as a handball, I'd be pissed. I so, saw one. I saw one angle, but I don't know. I'm okay. Maybe I just missed I, it, but I, I just was like, for something that's supposed to be clear and obvious, and I know there's been a lot of problems about what is clear and obvious and what isn't in MLS VAR. I was just like, that's that seemed a, a little harsh for me, but yeah. I'll take it. 
<laughs> you, you take it. You take it. You take the Polito PK and call it a day. Which, by the way, very well taken PK as well because the keeper was going that way to save it. But it didn't yeah. matter because he inched it in there a la Kyrie Shelton. He buried it and uh, 2-1 Sporting KC. And suddenly you're like, okay, 19 minutes to go. Pumping up, up, dude. Up a goal. Feeling good. And then to make things even better, Jack Price goes full Jack Price in the 73rd minute. And uh, suddenly (laughs) he said something to the ref. Don't know exactly what. Look at his eyes. They're always glossy. Looks like he's either angry or has been crying. I think I text you like Jack Price clearly killed his family. Like that's just the kind of face that he has. <laughs> I want that out in the ether because he's a he's a mean son of a gun. Even on the ball, dude, you don't want to go up against him. Yeah. So he said apparently the ref doesn't want to go up against him either because Jack Price said something to the ref he, and the ref just gave him straight red card. He Done. must have cursed him out or called him something because a ref would not. I mean, what kind of ref is so thin skinned? to let words you know sticks and stones jack price well sticks so here, and stones. here is what i have heard through a grapevine is that he cursed out the ref in a in a lot of normal game situations where there's fans and screaming and everything it might be a red it might not be a red but i think refs are particularly sensitive to what is being yelled at them in this tournament because one, there's no fans, and two, there's six microphones embedded in the field all over the place, so people can hear on the broadcast exactly the things that are being said. Okay, so if you don't so, pull that red, then use a bitch. So you get, you know, cursed out, you know, F this, your bitch, blah, 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 like over and over at the ref, and it's caught on the mic, and it's broadcast on TV. That's not a good look for pro, so. True, they got to take control of the game, and that's what yeah. he did. Regardless of what he said, it happened, and now you're up two men, and you're thinking like, Let's go home. Call it a day. I mean, Let's move on to Wednesday. You're thinking, okay, this is, you know, another goal would be nice, but like, sure, surely, surely Colorado's not gonna. But that's right when Kai Kamara came on to where I'm <laughs> thinking like, this ain't over, dude. Kai Kamara's coming in hot. Yeah. And sure enough, not long after that, he does a little one-two with the guy on the wing and then passes it through to newly substituted uh, Jonathan Lewis. Taylor Thomas. Oh. Yep. Jonathan Taylor Thomas. <laughs> Uh, Jonathan Lewis, yeah. Yep, that's exactly what it was. Yeah, no, you're right. And and this again, I think is is just lackluster and poor defending. I don't know if it's from being tired or or what, but you know, um, Kai he plays the little one two. The defenders don't rotate, and then he kicks it back to the winger after the little one two. Um, Espinoza doesn't follow the winger. Um, I think it's Ilya doesn't follow Kai. Punchech tried to step up and misplays it and gets kind of caught in no man's land. And then uh, Beasler couldn't make up for it. And yeah, it's just Jonathan Lewis put the ball away. There was pretty much nobody between them. I mean, it was like a masterclass in how not to defend. So that's not great. Yeah, man. <laughs> it's, uh, it was nerve wracking. I was like, wow, we're really going to tie these guys and be fighting for our life on Wednesday. You know, a win, a win's nice. We, we needed, I mean, we needed the win. That's the yeah. bottom line. It had to happen. Well, especially, you know, we, we now know since, and we'll talk about this a little bit here before Tim comes on, we now know based on how some of the results have gone that a draw on Wednesday against RSL is enough to get us through to the next round. So in theory, we could have drawn against Colorado and beaten RSL and still gone through. But we didn't know that at the time. And there is right. zero world in which you should be up two men and have a one goal lead and end up drawing with seven minutes to go. I know. It was crazy. Oh. And you knew they were coming strong too, dude, because Colorado looked kind of good. And I know in the last podcast we did, I was like, it's Colorado, dude. Let's relax. And they showed up. They looked like a great team. Yeah. And so then, okay, so 12 minutes of stoppage time. <laughs> and I'm like, sure. Geez, I like, was not surprised. Were you surprised? I mean, I, I knew it would be at least 10. I thought it would be 10. And they put up 12 and I wasn't surprised, but I was like, damn, 12 minutes. That's a long time. But I was like, okay, like we kind of need that time because we need a win. I was um, like, that's a whole, uh, that, that's a whole 10% of, a, of another game. Yeah. <laughs> and so we're, I'm like, okay, this is good. Like 12 minutes, we're up two men. Like we're going to throw numbers forward because Peter knew like we got to win this game. So, yeah. Okay. This is good. We get a corner in the 91st minute. 
Martine sends it in, it bounces around in the box, like someone's diving for it to head it in and nobody gets it. Zussi finds it at the top of the box and just fires it back in. I don't know if he was shooting or just trying to send it in the box to see what sort of mayhem Either might happen. Way, yeah. <laughs> but he does, he fires it in the box. It bounces off a Colorado player and in the dumbest, most MLS way possible, just slowly goes over the keeper who dives, misses it, and it goes in the back of the net. 3-2. At that point, I was like, let's just skip the last 11 minutes of stoppage time and call it good. Bro. But uh, we held on. At the end of the day, you take the victory. If, if we lose a game like this, I'm pissed, and I'm saying soccer's a sham. It's all a conspiracy. But when you win a game like this, you're like, we're the greatest. <laughs> yeah. We're moving forward. You know, this, is, this had to happen, and it could only happen like this because it's the MLS's back tournament, baby. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's, it was just, I don't know, a very strange game that thankfully we won. And uh, I don't know. I just – I don't necessarily feel more confident going against RSL after the way we played because, like, that last goal that Zussi scored or own goal, whatever it was officially ruled, was pretty much a fluke. We shouldn't be in that situation anyway. But here we are. A result against RSL, and we advance. We win, we draw, we move on. Because uh, if we get second place, we advance. Um, we technically can still win the group. And um, even if we don't finish in second – we can draw, finish in third in the group, but the, the four points in our goal differential would be good enough to, to put us in one of the top four third-place teams and move us to the next round. So pretty good chance we advance if, you know, even if we lose, there is a scenario at which we could advance. It, it involves goal differential tiebreakers, and it involves – I worked it out. Chicago would have to lose to Vancouver. D.C. would have to lose to Montreal. Colorado would have to lose or draw against Minnesota. Mm-hmm. Um, that's too confusing. Let's just let's just win. The Call Red Bulls and FC Cincy would have to beat each other, one or the other, and Houston and LA Galaxy would have to draw, or the Galaxy would have to win by less than five goals. So, wow, so you were so you were busy today. I was I was trying to figure it out, but uh, <laughs> let's not leave it up to that. Let's just win and go through. How about that? I, I'm excited because it's going to feel like watching a European team at 8 a.m. Central Time. And hearing a lot of these guys, I think Tim and Gerso were on a press conference today and they were like, well, we're fathers. So we get up early, pretty excited for it. Like we're going to be fine. And uh, it's going to feel like Sunday rec league playing at 9am on a, on a, on a cold Sunday, you know? Yeah. It's going to be really weird waking up at turning on the TV at 8am and having a live sporting KC soccer game on. You might as well turn it on at seven because that's when pregame is. Yeah, you're a big pregame guy. I'm not as big into the pregame as you are. You're always watching the pregame, and I'm always like, oh, yeah, I forgot. That's if on. you give me a little information, <laughs> I mean, I'll take it. I'm not sure I'm done with my, with my 5K uh, before then. Like, I got to go running. I bet I get back at 730. Yeah. So, but, I mean, hey, it'll be interesting. And, uh, yeah, Tim and, and Gerso didn't seem to be um, too worried about it. We'll ask Tim about it a little bit because I know, you know, other people, Frank DeBoer, the Atlanta coach, has been talking all sorts of – nonsense about why the ADM games are terrible spoken so, like a true loser yeah I'm like come on now if you didn't just lose your morning game you wouldn't have been talking about this oh absolutely that's but, that's just what you do if you lose you, you you bash the competition right but I don't know so Sporting KC I think according to 538 we had a, a 89% chance to advance to the next round so wow you know that's pretty cool we'll see of course you know 538 can be wrong They've been wrong before, yeah. but, <laughs> um, but since then, um, San Jose has locked up their group. Um, Seattle has locked up a, a spot to advance. Um, Inter Miami has officially been the first team to be eliminated from the MLS as a back tournament. And they're also the first team in the history of major league soccer to start 0-0 and five in their first five wow. games of a season. That's phenomenal. So, um, for all of the the sort of hype that David Beckham and that squad got to start that poorly is uh, not great. I had such high hopes, but uh, you know, and they got some injuries and, and, and they still need some DPs to come in and whatnot, but still not an, not a great start. Um, but yeah, so right now sporting KC sitting in third place can move up to second um, or potentially first with the result against RSL. So 
we'll see what happens. Uh, but it, it should be pretty good. So you, uh, you have any other thoughts on that game before I move on to a couple other things before we invite uh, Tim in here? I, I don't think so, man. Pretty okay. excited. I, I'm excited for it, to be honest. Well, so the only other things that I want to talk about here um, are one, and I want to ask Tim about this. Peter Vermees had some quotes that I thought were kind of interesting about sort of what the positive test did to the mentality of, of the team. And he was kind of just talking about how um, it really messed with the camaraderie of the team and they weren't able to really hang out with each other outside of training and just train, go back to the room, stay there and that sort of thing. So um, that'll be kind of interesting, but there's some expansion news. Um, Austin FC is going to continue to uh, make their debut next year, uh, 2021 in MLS. Um, Charlotte has been pushed to 2022. And then St. Louis and Sacramento have been pushed to 2023 for making their debuts. So that sucks. I was looking forward to the St. Louis one big time. Yeah, it's uh, kind of a bummer. But there will be some St. Louis news because apparently – uh, St. Louis will announce their name, colors, and crest in a live event on August 13th. Ooh, so we're about to find up. that out. Cool. And uh, Reddit did a little sleuthing, and someone on Reddit found out that a trademark and logo for a team called the St. Louis Legacy has been filed with the U.S. Patent and Trademark Office. No FC at the end of that? Because that seems un unnatural. No FC that I've found, but um, St. Louis Legacy... I don't know if this is a color file or not, but the crest I'm looking at is black and gray. I imagine, right. I don't know if that's the actual colors or, I mean, they've been using that sort of like red, yellow, blue scheme in a lot of their marketing, which is kind of just MLS colors in a way, but I don't know. We'll see what they actually do. But, uh, but I don't know. St. Louis Legacy, how are you feeling about that? Well, it's cool, man. As long as it's not STLFC or something, you know? Like it's different. Yeah, I, I like different. I mean, yeah. everyone's like, no, it needs to be soccer club or football club. And I'm like, no, it doesn't. Like, we yeah. Americanize so many things. Like, let's keep our thing. Let's do it. Well, and Charlotte's doing a dumb thing where they're crossing a new name off the list every day that they keep putting out. And uh, they all have FC. They all have FC on the end. And you know I'm what's like going to be right? You know, it's going to be real dumb is when they cross out all these other names and they end up just being Charlotte FC. That's so stupid, dude. I just, a lot of those names I'd be into. Uh, if you took the FC off of it. Charlotte Town? Like, just call it Charlotte Town. That's fine. Uh, the Charlotte Monarchs? That's kind of cool. I yeah. like that. Charlotte Gliders? I'm in on the Charlotte Gliders. Nah, what was another one? There were some other ones on there that I was into. Um, Charlotte Athletic. Kind of a playoff yeah. of Charlton Athletic. Uh, Charlotte Crown. Charlotte Fortune. Charlotte Monarchs. Charlotte Town. And all Carolina FC. Charlotte Fortune's pretty cool. Yeah. I don't know. I, don't, I, I, like, I like Charlotte Monarchs. Charlotte Fortune could be good, but I, I, I'm digging Charlotte Gliders considering, you know, North Carolina is supposedly the birthplace of flight where the Wright brothers came from. So that's, that's right. kind of that historical tie-in. Because you're supposed to take your shirt off and swing it around your head just like a helicopter. Yep, exactly. That's Petey what that Pablo. song is from. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's the second P.D. Pablo reference we've had on a No Other Pod episode. So Really? Yeah. What did we did we say freak a leak last time? It's it's that's an up, <laughs> upset coming from us. But uh <laughs> so I don't know. But uh but yeah, MLS's back tournament is continuing to move on. No other positive coronavirus tests that we've seen. So how cool is that? Like we were kind good. of down on it and it's like something's clearly working. Yeah. No not have any more positives after everything's been contained. So yeah. that's gotta give the players a sense of uh you know, good feeling. Yeah. Yeah. So We'll see. But um, yeah, we're going to be back here in just a minute with Tim Melia and we'll see if it's just him or if he brings other people on. But either way, we're excited and join us after the break for an interview with Sporting KC goalkeeper Tim Melia. Let's go. All right, guys, thank you for sticking with us. We are back with Sporting KC goalkeeper Tim Melia joining us from the MLS's back tournament in Orlando. Tim, thank you so much for coming back on with us. Thanks for having me back on. I promise there's no crying babies this time. <laughs> hey, no worries. You know what? We, we've had dogs. We've had cats. We've had everything else that you can think of on this podcast. So it's no big deal. 
Um, Nate Bucati had to go out and yell at his kids mid mid podcast when he was on with us. So nice. it happens. <laughs> he did. He grounded him right there. It was hilarious. <laughs> Are you really? Yeah. yeah. He's like, I told him no games. <laughs> um, so yeah, you're you're in Orlando at the Disney World complex, even though it's not quite Disney World that you're actually living in. But uh, just you know, generally speaking, how has life in the bubble been going, and 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 what have you guys been doing to to pass the time when you're not training and playing soccer? Uh, so initially, when we started, we had a a little bit of a hiccup. I'm, I'm sure, as you guys know, and you know, got passed around the media. There was quite a few false positives. And then we had a true positive within our own group. Um, so we were kind of trying to figure out what was the best protocol, both from club and league and how to handle positive results. So I would say we got off to a rough start. Um, there was always going to be hiccups and hurdles that had to be uh, jumped over for this tournament. It was never going to be smooth. Nothing is smooth. You know, it's just trying to figure out those little awkward moments but ultimately I think once we got past the uh you know did the the virus spread somewhere within our group within our team you know we got past that we got past about seven days and um out of the room quarantine I think we all kind of settled in got adjusted to training got adjusted acclimated with the weather and now we're kind of starting to feel a little bit more comfortable in the last few days here that's cool man sounds like uh there's a ton of unanswered questions going down there. I mean, it, uh, it sounds like it's exceeded your expectations, so to say. Would you say uh, that you had a di way different mindset coming into it than you would now? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I was personally very hard on the league. Um, I think the league's actually done a good job of, you know, making the best of a, of a really hard situation. Um, you know, coming in with so many unanswered questions and kind of just taking like a leap of faith was, was difficult. And I think it's just hard when you're planning these type of things, but ultimately the league has, you know, gone above and beyond in most categories, you know, we're in really nice hotels within the Disney facility. The fields have been really good. The meals have been good. Um, I think it was just figuring out how we were going to handle potential positives. What do we do if someone is actually positive? There seemed to be a lot of false positives right off the bat, which was just unlucky is really what it was, which made everyone a little more, more nervous and a little more anxiety coming into an already nervous environment. So since the positive that Sporting got was before the, the first game, even the, before the Minnesota game, um, do, do you think that, and, and Peter kind of alluded to this in his post-game interview, do you think it sort of messed with, with the chemistry and, and the morale of the team heading into that first game? It was always going to be tough being the first game back after four months during a pandemic, but I imagine that just made it even more difficult. I don't think it messed with the morale. Um, it was just, I mean, the best way I can explain it, it's just stressful because mm -hmm. we're, we're all sitting in our rooms. You know, our, our particular team's protocol was, we were in our rooms except for training, um, testing daily. Um, we would go downstairs to pick up our meals. It's just a, it's just a weird environment. And you're, and you're stressing about, you know, what was my interaction with this particular player? Am I possibly going to contract the virus? I think that that weighed on us a little bit because I, mm -hmm. I, I don't think ultimately that was the reason that we lost. I mean, the reason we lost was because I got a red card, a, a clear as fact as ever. Um, I thought we, you know, were we aggressive in the first 60 minutes or whatever it was, 75 minutes before we got the red card? Um, no, we created a, a decent amount of opportunities, we, but we, we were controlling the game, in my opinion. And then, you know, right after Ethan Finley's called back goal, we were starting to slip and then the red card came and then, you know, just a perfect storm of everything else. But um, it, it, sure, it affects you, but I think that once, you know, you, once as corny as it sounds, once you step over those white lines, you got to kind of block everything else out. And I think his team's done a good job of that. But it, it definitely has – it was just very awkward in the beginning. I don't know how else to explain it. Sure. And I, I'm sure that, you know, everything that was going on with Dallas and Nashville, right, as other teams were arriving, probably just added more context that, that just sort of built that uneasy feeling. Yeah, like when – Right off the bat, you're hearing one team's getting sent home, and then you know Nashville started to pile up their positive results, and then we have a positive result. You're going, all right, it has to, someone else has to have it. But very, very fortunate, no one else had it. I thought the league did a good job, you know, making the very difficult decision and pretty quickly to remove those two teams, and you really you felt for those guys because to 
prepare for this tournament, um, you know, get down here, do all the like required work, and then to have, you know, five, six, seven guys within your group go through something like that, it's just got to be incredibly stressful and difficult for those clubs. Yeah, I know. I, I can imagine you guys were thinking what most of the fans were thinking. Please don't let us be the next team to get sent home. You know what I mean? Because yeah. everyone prepares so hard for this. So, um, dude, so first game against Minnesota didn't go the way we you wanted it to. Um, going into the game against Colorado, can you kind of take us through that? I mean, because <laughs> even for when the camera zooms in on your face when you got that red card, you, you were just like, are you kidding me? <laughs> like you were going to punch this guy. How hard is that, right? Yeah, I mean, it, it's a difficult situation because first off, I can't put myself in a position to allow ref to make that decision. And I did. That was mistake number one. Um, going back and looking at the play multiple times, you know, you can make the argument that Robbie's a good distance behind me. The player touches the ball away from the goal. Luis is there. But, but ultimately, the you know, my decision to put myself out there outside the 18, you know, on a 1v1 was just was clumsy. Um, I could have easily stood him up and forced him wide. Um, the only thing he could have done is shoot right away and he would have hit me with the ball. So I, it was just a poor situation to put myself in and put the team in. Um, and then right after that, you know, I would say maybe not next last year, but the years before, we've kind of galvanized when things have happened against us. We didn't do that in that particular game. It was kind of just the domino effect of negative things that happen after. But I thought the guys did a really good job overcoming, you know, a poor start against Colorado and then figuring out a way to get the result that was extremely important. And then now we're in a, a, a good position where we need to get a result and it'll push us into the next round. Where, where do you have to watch the Colorado game from? So like when I first got there, they were like super strict. They're like, don't go near any of the locker rooms. You got to go stand over by this trailer or whatever. But then it started like <laughs> lightning and it was like downpouring. And they're like, all right, go in the trailer. You have to stay there. You're not allowed to move. <laughs> so just, uh, just figuring things out. Ultimately, I was standing way on the far sideline, just a little outside of the tent, just because just it was hard to see sitting inside the, I guess it's the media tent. So I was basically just standing on the sideline like like a dad watching the game. <laughs> well, I heard you say in the uh, I think the SKC presser today that was released when you when you got the red card, you were like, "Where do I go?" Yeah, <laughs> I was like looking around. I was like, "Do I do I go to the trailer?" I, I literally ended up sitting inside the trailer, and then there's like a window, and John opened the window for Errol. He's like, "Yeah, just watch the game here." So I get to start. <laughs> I could see, fortunately, I could actually see our goal, which we were lucky to be on that side. But nice. if we were on the other side, I would have no idea what was going on. Just creeping, just <laughs> creeping on the game. Phenomenal. <laughs> it's probably one of those situations where, like, I don't know, maybe the league didn't, like, fully think through the process of, like, oh, now we're in a situation where a red card's given out. What do we actually do? Yeah. Where do we go? Um, so you're, you're watching the Colorado game, and I know for us, it was as fans, it was kind of an emotional roller coaster because six minutes in, it, it, it doesn't start well, and then there's you know, multiple VAR incidents and then two red cards. So how much of, a, of an emotional roller coaster was it for you, knowing that at least at the time of, of that game, a, a win against Colorado was about as close to you know, must get as possible? Yeah, uh, it's it, watching games is the worst thing in the world as a player is you have zero like ability to affect the outcome. And you're, you're like, you don't want to be loud on the sideline because you're like the red carded guy that's supposed to just be quiet <laughs> in the corner and you're standing there and you're like feeling the emotions of like all the players and watching like as fatigue sets in and decisions. And then there's a million VAR incidences. It, it was just a, uh, like you guys said, it was an emotional roller coaster up and down. Ultimately, really proud of the guys to just kind of find a way. Scrappy, ugly, deflections, penalties, right? Whatever we needed to do, we found a way to somehow get through that game in the most possible way. We have three points, and now we're in a good position, I think. Did you even uh, – did you give Sanchez any kind of pep talk? I mean, he's, he's a professional. Does he really need a pep talk? I mean, what did you guys talk about? I, the only conversation I had with him is just kind of control of things you can control. He's, you're going to do a really good job. You know, he's a good goalie. He's been training really well. Uh, he was prepared for the opportunity, and I thought he had a good game. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, you come out of there with the win. That's, you know, 
first, first start for a club. That's, that's a pretty good start. Um, so you mentioned, you know, there wasn't anywhere for you to go to, to watch the game because there were no stands. But, you know, wh what's it like? This is such a unique situation. Not only are there no fans in the stands, but there's just no stands, period. And at some points you have games happening simultaneously next to you that at least on the broadcast, we were hearing the whistle from the other game. Yeah. So how does that impact – does it impact the, the play on the field at all? Or, or do you guys just get in a zone and don't even realize what's going on? It's different. Um... The league actually built, as you guys can see on TV, like green screens essentially around the whole field mm -hmm. to try to make it more of a little bit of an intimate feel. Um, that's actually pretty cool. That was a really good idea. Um, it encloses it a little bit. It, I mean, there's no environment, obviously, but at least it's not, you know, in my mind when I was coming down here, I was playing in like shields with 30 fields next to me and I was just going to be plopped on a field. <laughs> but they put together a broadcast and it, it, it's, it's pretty cool. Um, not having fans is not fun. Um, it's not something that I hope lasts for any extended time. Obviously, I want to make sure everyone's safe, but we want fans back. It, it's, it energizes us. It makes the games more fun. It, it makes the games, I think, a little bit more competitive. And it, you know, it just gets everybody going, and especially having the type of fan base that we have. You know, they're they're an, such an addition of power to us. So we look forward to hopefully getting back into a regular environment shortly, later, whenever. But it's funny that you mentioned the whistle thing because that's all I was hearing. <laughs> when I was just, I, there wasn't a game going on during the first one, I don't believe. No. I didn't hear it, but that's all I was hearing on the sideline during the Colorado game was the New England game blowing the whistle or DC, yeah. whatever it was. Yeah. It just sounded like there was way too many fouls going on over there. Yeah, just, I don't know if it just, <laughs> I just like had it in my head. I just kept hearing the whistle go over and over. Yep, it came through on the TV clear as day. Um, <laughs> Tim, man, you got a 9 a.m. game coming at you, and it seems that's all anyone wants to talk about right now. This is crazy. This is unprecedented. 9 a.m. As someone who plays on Sundays, I love the 9 a.m. game because I'm not trying to sit around and not eat bad food all day so I can play a late game. 9 a.m. is great. I mean, how are you feeling about it? I'm excited about it. It's different. Um, it's, I'm always up in the morning anyway, um, sitting around and waiting for games to start. You know, when you have a 7.30, 8 p.m. game, especially on the road and you're in a hotel and you're just hanging out all day. I mean, there's pros and cons of it. You get to sleep a little bit. But, you know, you're, the anticipation waiting all day builds up. You know, you, there's, that creates fatigue sometimes. So I'm excited to get up and, you know, have breakfast and get out there and play. I think it's it's going to be unique. I've never done it before. At least I've never done it professionally. Obviously, as a kid, we've done it all the time. But I'm interested to see how it is. Just watching some of the other games, they seem to have slower starts. They seem to be the lower scoring games. But, you know, this is a game we have to get a result. And it's the last game. It's the third game within a tournament. I don't think there's going to be any slow games. Maybe they start slow. But ultimately, teams are going to have to break out and get results. Yeah, you guys would be fired up for sure. What What are you going to eat at 5 a.m.? Like, what kind of breakfast <laughs> are you looking for? Man, they're just eggs, fruit, avocado toast, and that, that's about it. That's pretty much what I eat every single day for breakfast. Nice. There you go. So will it affect – I mean, I, I assume in some way maybe, but will it affect sort of your, your the day before preparation at all? Do you guys have to wind down earlier? Um, I, I, I'm not sure exactly what Peter's plan is. I, I know that we normally eat four hours before game. I'm not sure if they're going to stick to that, you know, and do that, you know, 5 a.m. ish wake up. I'm curious to see what happens. <laughs> and who oversleeps. <laughs> yeah, who doesn't show up. <laughs> because there will be people who don't show up. Um, so I, I don't know what their plan is yet. We've been training relatively, or we've been training much earlier than we normally do. Um, today we were out on the field at seven. We leave, or today we actually we left at seven, and then we're out on the field seven oh five, seven ten, whatever it is. So we've been on an earlier schedule this whole time. So I think the guys will maybe we'll end up waking up maybe a half hour, forty five minutes earlier than we normally have. See, that feels like an advantage, right? I mean, since you've been training in the mornings, I mean, not every team's doing that. Yeah, I, we are one of the first teams out there. I don't know if that was intended for this particular game or if it was intended to try to avoid some of the heat because it gets hot quick and it gets humid quick. But I think it was more lean towards that. But ultimately, we've been getting up early in training this whole time, so we'll be a little bit prepared. So 
we've all been watching some of these Daniel Shallowy vlogs that have been coming out trying to get sort of a little bit of a, a sneak peek into what it's like living there. Um, one, what's it like with Daniel walking around with the camera all the time filming things? I don't see, so I, we were playing actually, like I said, it's loosened up a little bit in the last couple of days. Guys are starting to leave their hotel rooms a little bit more and mingle around pools, which we were not doing at all for the first you know, 12 days, maybe. Um, he had it out by the pool. We were playing volleyball, but I didn't really notice it. But apparently he got a good shot of him getting hit in the head with a volleyball. So, yeah. Yeah, there's a shot of that. There's a shot of you lounging on a beach chair, hanging out with Zeus and Johnny, I think. Okay. Um, I, I got to go watch it. <laughs> you, you weren't a featured character in this one, so okay. don't worry. Um, but I mean, so now that things have loosened up a, a little bit, I think that, you know, some of the guys went out to one of the restaurants on campus um, to kind of unwind a little bit. Um, do you feel like you guys are starting to get into a little bit more of a groove and, and get a little bit more comfortable? Yeah, I, I just that initial stage getting into here um, was difficult, but the last three days, even I, you can see a difference, even, you know, the past two days of training, you can tell guys are more relaxed they're more comfortable with the situation. You're not spending 12, 15 hours in your room. You know, you're out at the pool, you're talking to other people, you're mingling, you're seeing other teams, friends from other teams. So I think that's going to help a lot. Um, you know, we, I don't think there's been any positive results for, you know, four or five days amongst the entire bubble, which is really good. So that just kind of relaxes everyone and focuses on the things we need to focus, which is most important is the games. And I just think about that quarantine stage initially. What, what were you – like you're alone in your room, right? You weren't going anywhere. What did, what did you do besides go nuts? No, I wasn't the, wasn't going nuts because actually I wanted to be in my room. <laughs> I, think, I think that was all of us. They're like, we're not leaving our room. It wasn't even like we needed to be monitored. All of us were like, this is serious. This is a real virus. You know, good, good. you got to take this serious for our own health. And, you know, by us mingling around, even with our own teammates, could have potentially have detrimental effects on, our, on, this, on this tournament. So we weren't really doing much, hanging out in the room, watching TV. I brought a PlayStation. I've been playing PlayStation. I haven't played video games in 10 years. But uh, reading, hanging out on the phone, FaceTiming the family from home, you know, just – anything to keep your mind off of what was going on and get through that initial phase. And training was awesome. You know, when you're out of the room, <laughs> everyone was so excited for training because it was like your outside yard time, we'd call it. <laughs> but <laughs> but uh, it was never an issue of, you know, should we be quarantined? Oh, this is too much. The, our whole team, and I think everyone here, once, once those early results started flying around, knew that, you know, it was really important for everyone to not go anywhere without a mask and spend a majority of your time in, in your room, if not all your time. What games are you playing on PlayStation? So I brought FIFA. I unwrapped it when I got here. And then <laughs> um, I downloaded Call of Duty, and I'm so bad. It's frustrating. I can't, <laughs> can't do this shoot 'em up games. Yeah, yeah, that's tough. Especially online with some nine-year-olds just yeah, sniping you. Exactly. <laughs> Um, now that you guys have been able to, uh, to, to loosen up and get out of the hotel rooms a little bit, are there any sort of like fun stories or shenanigans that have been happening amongst the, the players that, yeah. that you're able to share? <laughs> we had a really good volleyball game. We'll uh, pull volleyball game yesterday. We started playing or it was like three or four of us. And by the time we finished, there's probably like 15 guys out there for like two hours, which was good to just let everyone relax, have some fun, kick around the pool. Nobody that was knows probably the most exciting thing I've done since I've been down here. <laughs> That's good. Any any good restaurants in particular that you've you've been to since you can go there? So we're allowed as a team. They actually close the restaurants restaurants off per team. So okay. I think there are four restaurants. We've been to three of them. There's an Italian place. There's a steakhouse. Uh, there's a fish restaurant. The fish restaurant was really good, but it was like a um, like a higher scale restaurant where you get like these tiny portions and yeah. I was starving when I left, but it was good. <laughs> That's good. Um, and then I guess maybe just one of our last questions is, so you're obviously the union rep for the team. Uh, I'm sure you've just been totally focused on this tournament, but, but there have been reports that have leaked out that the league has, has thrown around the ideas of trying to get like 18 or 22 other regular season games in after this tournament. 
Um, have you, as the union rep for the team, been a part of any conversations talking about that, or do you think it's feasible? No, I was actually asked this today earlier, and just we have you guys have more information <laughs> than we do, which okay. is crazy. I I told you this on the other podcast we do. I have read our union proposals on the athletic before I have seen them. <laughs> So I don't have any more information. I would tell you if I did, I, I, I don't think the league honestly has any more information. That's my personal opinion. I'm sure mm -hmm. there's a tentative plan in place, you know, probably for some time within September start, if I had to guess, but that's just completely my own personal opinion. I'd imagine there's going to be some form of quarantine phase in a lot of States when we return from this bubble. Um, I think that there's potential for teams to get around it because of the type of quarantine and testing that we've done here. But I do think like, obviously the, the, the Canadian um, news came out the other day where the baseball team's not allowed to play from their federal government. I doubt a soccer team's going to be allowed to play. Yeah. So I just think right now there are a lot of things up in the air. Um, the game plan is to get some form of regional tournament or, you know, home and away shit. It, uh, shortened season in which would be great for everyone but I think a lot of it's just kind of a wait and see game see what NFL does um, see how USL is progressing because they're playing with fans which is crazy to me right now but mm -hmm. it seems to be working so right now we're kind of just on a holding pattern concentrate on the tournament because this is what we have this is what we know this is what's concrete and then hopefully a month two months from now we're playing competitive games again for sure, cool, man. Well, it's good to hear everyone's keeping healthy and uh, your wife and kids doing well back home yeah, as well. Yeah, everyone's good. Kids are Very good. Cool. I appreciate it for asking. Yeah. Cool. That's good because, yeah, things are getting a little crazy back here in the Kansas City area right now. So hopefully uh, people can mask up and we get this under control. So, Is there any – are they starting to, like, close restaurants again in Kansas? They're not closing restaurants. Kansas, I know the, the governor said that they're going to push back schools at least until after Labor Day while they try to figure out what a, what a smart plan is. Um, you know, and, and there's some mask requirements now. They haven't closed anything down yet, but case numbers keep rising. They just sent another new single day record. So we'll yeah. see. But here's hoping it gets under control. Yeah, for all of us. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, Tim, we can't thank you enough. Hopefully uh, now that you guys are you know, knock on wood, free from sort of the, the, the risk of, of transmission within the team uh, for now. You guys can uh, enjoy your time down there in, in Florida and play some more pool volleyball and eat some fish that's too small and not failing. But, uh, yeah, thank you. Uh, good luck on Wednesday against RSL, and hopefully we uh, can uh, talk to you later after a, a victory. Yeah, hopefully we're coming home with the trophy, a little Mickey Mouse trophy. There you, there go. you go. Do we know what it looks like? Have you guys seen what it looks like? I haven't, but I hope it's just a big Mickey Mouse glove or something, just something to really yeah. just lean into it. Or it doubles, some, some as a, on it. doubles as a hat. <laughs> yeah, I'm all about it. Yeah, yeah. But if you guys win, you you're going to have to say, uh, I'm going to Disney World. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, Tim, thanks so much. All right, thank you guys. Right. Have a good day. Thanks, brother. Take care, stay safe. Right, man, Tim Amelia. There you go. From Orlando. I, uh, you know, I'm glad that everybody's safe and that it seems like the club has passed sort of that risk period and they seem to be able to loosen up and enjoy themselves a bit, but it sounded stressful for that first week or so. For cool. For cool. For sure. <laughs> he was, uh, he was acting like a, a totally different person from when we talked to him pre MLS bubble. Yeah. Uh, Cause he was very skeptical about it. And now he's kind of like, things are really good, you know? And yeah. I'm like, that's cool, man. Cause I don't think he bullshit us. No. I really don't. Yeah. So things were obviously scary there for a bit, but he's back and ready to go, man. I didn't want to push the red card thing too much. I didn't want to be like, Hey, what were you thinking? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, he, I'm glad you asked about it. Cause he brought it up and, and, you yeah. know, re, re, you know, if I'm being honest, I, I thought the red card was justified, like, yeah. you know, but I think he did too. I, I don't think he necessarily disagreed. I think he, you know, reasonable people can have conversations and debates. And I think that's kind of what he was, was mentioning, but he was wow. also like, I can't put myself in that position. 
I think they could have driven him to the hotel instead of making him watch from a trailer. <laughs> <laughs> so that, and like, and then especially after you don't know where to send him and you make him watch for a trailer, then when he comes back to watch the second game and yeah. you still don't know where to put him. He said he was like off in the, <laughs> like, I just can, I, I think he's out by the palm trees, just like watching in jeans with the hands right. in his pockets. And I, I need, I feel like I need to go back and rewatch the game broadcast now and just look for somebody just like creeping on the sideline. Oh like, <laughs> I wish there was just a close up. like, Oh, who's this random dude over here? <laughs> well, and it was also funny that he was saying he could, he could hear the whistles from the other games too. And he was yeah. thinking the same thing we were like, cause, cause that, that was the most distracted I've ever been during a game. I was like, yeah. Am, is it in my head? Am I crazy? Yeah. Yeah, but I wouldn't. Another be foul. Yeah, he was the first red card of the tournament, I think. So I would not be surprised if like that happened, and MLS was like, "Oh shit, we didn't figure out like where to actually send people." Right. So I, I would have just gotten on the bus <laughs> and been like, "Back to the hotel, Jeebs." Yeah. <laughs> I just, you know, I, I, I'm glad they're doing well, and I'm glad that they're able to uh, to have a little bit of a little bit of fun now in a safe way. It sounds like they're even able to maybe interact with some of the other players from other teams in a limited capacity in some way. I think so, yeah. So, good for them. But, uh, yeah, shout out to Tim. And uh, he'll be back in the lineup uh, Wednesday morning against RSL. Um, we put this out a day early for y'all because we figured it wouldn't make yep. sense to uh, – Because <laughs> we love you. To put this out Wednesday, having recorded it on Tuesday, knowing that a full game had happened and we didn't even talk about it. Yeah, and if we win going forward, we could play – Oh my Lord, we could play on Sunday. We could play on Monday. We, we might have to get on here and record a weekend podcast or something. We, we don't know. Yeah, so the, the, the schedule... We'll get you one. We'll get the, you one. The schedule might be a little wonky for the next few weeks. Um, and, and if we have to do some of these shorter turnarounds, who knows, maybe they're not the full hour length podcast. Maybe they're like, you know, quicker hits and we're doing a couple of them a week yeah. or something you know, maybe we'll it's just it 10 million every week whatever <laughs> yeah <laughs> I, I i wanted to leave the door open uh to to bring him back but then i realized after we hung up with him that the way i worded it made it sound like i expected him to come back on after wednesday like i heard right that away. and i was like <laughs> that was kind of smart of you but also like kind of rude <laughs> yeah so i didn't mean that but also if you wanted to he's more than yeah. welcome but yeah yeah well, that, that's just going to be – then we might as well just have, make him a third. Make, yeah, make him a, a regular, all right? No, other, no pod other pod with Tim Milia. With Timmy. So, uh, yeah, there you go. But That's um, great. Shout out to Tim. Glad everyone sounds like they're, they're safe and healthy now in the bubble. Well, and cool for him to take the time because if we talked to him last week, he probably would have, you know, jumped at this interview big time. Let's do it. But now that he's able to do other things and still took the time to talk to us, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, he's a great dude. I, I can't thank him enough for, for joining with us. And my, uh, my best friend. Yeah. And your best friend. He looked like he was dressed up, ready to go out and get some food somewhere at a restaurant. He had that, that V-neck sweater on. He looked good. He so. might've been, he, he always looks good. And I'm, I'm over here like sucking in my cheekbones to like also, <laughs> try, I'm trying to look chiseled, you know, exactly. cause he's chiseled. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, I got a good jawline too, brother. Yeah. Well, he's always, he's always the player who he's got his suit on and everything after the games. Like he takes his, his, his stuff seriously. So Yep. Um, <laughs> you didn't notice should, that, did you? I was like, so Tim. Uh. <laughs> we, sh we should have asked him for his uh, his PlayStation gamer tag so we can <laughs> join him in some Call of Duty, which I am also terrible at and would die instantly. I don't even have a but, PlayStation, bro. I'd be done. I, yeah. So, well, anyways, uh, you got anything else for our good listeners before uh, we call it a, an episode? Nah, man. Let's get that W and move on. And uh, I know Peter keeps saying, like, this is just a regular season game. Shut up, Peter. It's a tournament. We're all very invested now. Make it happen. <laughs> if we win, you know this is going to be the most important tournament of the yes! year. Yes. So. If we win, I'm going to be like, we're the greatest team alive. Now, if we lose, nah, this competition was dumb. Right. I genuinely <laughs> hope it's the trophy has Mickey ears on the top of it. Yes. Because... Remember, remember we had Alexis on not too long ago? And yeah. he's like, you know damn well if your team wins, it's the greatest thing known to man. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, look, if Tim wants the Mickey ears on the trophy, I'm sure others do too. So let's just Bro, lean into it. I hope it's a cup, but it's like Mickey overalls. So you're drinking booze out of his overalls. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. And instead of the two handles on the side, it's just the two ears. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god sign us up for trophy design class right why why aren't why didn't the league call us like, oh my lord we got you it. all right guys thank you so much for listening and sticking with us through all of our craziness um make sure you leave that five-star rating and review and check out added time outfitters uh, promo code uh no other pod 
Uh, make sure you follow us on Twitter at NoOtherPod, at Dan Kuzer, and at JCMax03. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash NoOtherPod. And uh, shoot us an email, NoOtherPod at gmail.com. But until whenever we speak to you again, we don't know when that is yet because it might be next week, it might be sooner. But until then, he's Dan. I'm Jimmy. We'll talk to you all later. See ya. Fuck RSL. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.